0: 2.0. Good people stories, no matter what genre you cast them into, it's still about people. And it's still about people acting like people, behaving like people, and having the emotions that people have. Hey.
1: When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping 2 Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, one
2: welcome everyone this is shelby gallagher over here at prepping 2.0 and of course i'm joined on the show by my co-host on the show and co-host in life glenn tate
3: you know the odds are very good that you've listened to about 90 hours of our guest's voice He's the million-selling audiobook narrator, Kevin Pierce, who narrated the 299 Days series. He's narrated tons of other prepper fiction book series. He tells you about behind the scenes on the 299 Days book production and also about, and this is kind of the whole point of the show, some of the other great book series he's narrated that you're definitely going to want to check out. And as always, remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't.
2: So one of the number one questions I start getting this time of year, and by the way, it's mostly me because people have realized, our fans have realized, that if they send Glenn Tate an email, it goes into a dark abyss. But I get emails. I get a
3: hundred a day.
2: I get emails, I get messages, because it's that time of year where people are starting to think about selling and moving mm-hmm. and I get the prepping aspect question that what's a good place to move to tell us about the Pacific Northwest tell us about Montana Idaho Wyoming all of those things so one a great place because I'll tell you my experience but honestly the best person to talk to if you're looking to buy in especially the Idaho area is Paul Burke Paul Burke is a great realtor in Idaho. He specializes in finding awesome properties in Idaho for first responders. That is his focus as well as preppers. So if you're looking for a good, awesome prepped out property or one that you can work yourself out in Idaho. Oh my gosh, he's awesome. So I encourage you to check him out. He's at our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. Or you can find him at firstresponserealty.com, powered by Fathom Realty. Check out Paul Burke.
3: It's time for our top 100 items that disappear first. This is a list created by Bosnia survivors. It's a fantastic checklist of stuff you may have forgot that you need. We do one a week. Number 10 is rice, beans, and wheat. Yeah, kind of doesn't fit in the category of stuff you wouldn't have thought of it fits in the category of no duh but it's still yeah, good to have still, on the list yeah, do it's a it. good reminder yes, And if exactly you're hearing this and you thought gee i should probably get some rice beans and wheat uh here's your sign yes you should now it's time for the reason of the week to be a patreon in, unless you're a patreon you wouldn't know that we do outtakes we record an outtake and we put it on first thing the first thing you hear in the after show so this is what you missed in the after show. Hey Kevin, before we go on the air, I was wondering if you could do me a favor. Could you do an outgoing message for my voicemail? I think that would really impress people.
0: For your voicemail, okay.
3: Go ahead, I I got the record button going.
0: How about uh, best-selling author Glenn Tate is too busy to come to the phone right now, so in his place, I'm million-selling audiobook narrator Kevin Pierce, ready to take your message?
3: Kevin, I got to be honest, that sounds a little braggy. I got to say, having Kevin Pierce record your outgoing message, it's one of my biggest accomplishments in life. Well, let's get into it. Kevin Pierce is one of the most interesting people I know. We're so glad to have him on the show. He's going to start off with some questions. Let's just open it up with question number one. Kevin, tell us about yourself.
0: Well, I'm a former broadcaster is probably a good place to start that because it was my pathway into audiobooks, which is all I do now. But uh, my my family, my mom and dad were in the radio business. Which, uh, if anybody ever wonders how to get a job in the radio business, uh, having parents who own a radio station is uh, <laughs> that's my recommendation. It, it worked. It worked very well for me. Um, and then from radio to uh, television, I was a reporter and. Uh, Anchorman for a television station in Southwest Florida, and then a series of things that used my voice, and that's not a, an uncommon path for people coming out of radio and TV. Uh, there's a whether you're doing commercials or narrations of uh, training films or promotional videos, and um, then one day there was an opportunity to do uh, an audiobook, and I had tried to get into the field many years prior and pretty much got the answer that if you weren't already doing it, there was no way in, that they had they had all the people they needed and they didn't need to work with anybody who'd never done it before. <laughs> and um, I think uh, several years later, I made the call again, and I'm almost certain I got the same person on the phone. <laughs> and, and the answer was pretty much, you know, didn't we talk about this a few years ago? <laughs> you know, there's just, there's no way in. But with Amazon's entry into publishing and sort of their desire to see all books find the market. They also uh, got into the audiobook business through the purchase of a company called Audible, and uh, they shared that same philosophy that they felt all books should have an audiobook companion. And so there was this sudden, and it really was sudden, need for reading books uh, so that they would be available in an audio format. And um, I was uh, right place, right time. Did a few books for Audible, and um, that's all I've done since.
3: And you've been the narrator of a million book sales. I mean, the series you've done have sold a million books. You win Audible awards all the time. You're too modest to bring it up. But you're not just some guy in this business. I mean, you are really, really good at this. I think people can just listen to your voice if they haven't heard it for 90 hours, which, of course, the 10 books in the 299 day <laughs> series – Turns out to be 90 hours. People, they say, hey, can you send me a link to the audiobooks? I say, first of all, that would violate my agreement (laughs) with Amazon, so I'm cutting down on being sued for a copyright violation. But second of all, (laughs) unless you have an NSA-sized server, you're not going to be able to take my email because the the 90 hours. Well, you live in Florida. Tell us about how that has affected your outlook on preparedness.
0: Yeah, I think the, you know, somebody asked me early on, uh, maybe even before, I met you and, and got tied into the 299 Days series. How did I feel about narrating these prepper books or post-apocalyptic science fiction or, or however you want to view them? And the question was always, uh, is that your mindset? Is uh, do, do do you do these because, um, you know, prepping is, is your way of life? And I said, well, you know, not maybe not to the extent that um, we would read about in some of these books, but I grew up in uh, coastal Florida and... Uh, Hurricane season is a very real event every year, and you get your supplies ready for hurricane season because you know that should a storm, and you don't need to have a direct impact from a a deadly storm to have an effect, uh, you can just have what amounts to a really bad uh, series of thunderstorms uh, that take out uh, part of the electric grid, like literally, Um, and I use that word intentionally with you. (laughs) Um, the number of times we're without power for uh, days or even weeks, you know, that's not an uncommon event during hurricane season. So some amount of preparation and how are you going to store your food? Are, are you going to rely on refrigeration? Um, are you going to have dry goods put aside so that you have something to uh, work with you know, absent refrigeration? Do you have enough uh, fuel for your generator? Do you have a generator? Uh, what will it power, and what won't it power? So those those have always been things that have been um, since I was a kid. They were they were part of the year, and um, uh, so to talk about it in a, a fictionalized form where uh, people were dealing with you know maybe much larger versions of an apocalypse, uh, mm-hmm. still very uh, similar in. Uh, the kind of of, uh, preparations you're going to need to think of. So they they weren't foreign to me and I think that made um, sort of an entry into that type of fiction uh, maybe a little bit easier for me.
3: Absolutely. Well, I have a story to tell about you. In, In this story, I look like a complete idiot and you look very gracious because you were. But I find that some of the best and most entertaining stories are ones in which the teller looks stupid because I find them to be entertaining. (laughs) So the story is I put out for audition the 299 days narration job And I had 218 auditions come in and they were recordings of a sample piece of text. Can I
2: just say that is a tedious process to go through all the audition.
3: Yes, you did for your.
2: I did for mine. And it's difficult to do because it's so tedious and and you're listening for so many things. So just so you know, that's not just, hey, let's just go spend 20 minutes and pick out a narrator. No, it's let's spend the next month picking out. a
3: And I knew how important it was because. With me in audiobooks, other people's books, the narrator makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So you actually contacted me. And in hindsight, I should have been thrilled that Kevin Pierce was actually calling me. But I didn't know who you were at the time. And you said, hey, I know this. You said, um, I don't think I'm stalking you. I thought that was funny. And you said, I really want to do this book series.
2: Okay. So let me stop there and just mm-hmm. – Kevin Pierce yeah, called is, me. is calling – you, Glenn Tate, yeah. saying, I want this is the Kevin Pierce, yeah. who is the voice of this genre, the male voice. I mean, yeah. you hear him all the time is calling you wanting to do your books.
3: And I'm an idiot yeah. because <laughs> I said the following. <laughs> the idiotic thing I said was, you know, Kevin, these books are from my voice and I'm such a young spry guy and you're a few <laughs> years older than me. And your voice makes me sound a little bit older than I am. And you were extremely gracious, even though I had just been a complete jerk. And you said, okay, well, great. I mean, thanks for considering it. And then I listened to most of the 218 auditions, and yours was clearly the best. We even put it out to uh, readers of the, and by readers, I mean of the hardback version of the book. And we said, who do you think? And it was overwhelmingly Kevin Pierce. So then I had to eat crow. And call you back and say, yeah, Kevin, I said that you sounded too old. You're actually perfect. Would you consider narrating my book series? And you said, of course, and you were very nice about it. So I think that's <laughs> that's a funny story. Another funny story I have about Kevin Pierce, it's not funny as much as it is profound, is to say that I am familiar with the 299 Days storyline is uh, very much an understatement. I lived it. I wrote it. And we went through 10 edits of this. So I'm familiar with this story. I kid you not. The first time I listened to you narrating the chapter about my background, the way you inflected your voice, I learned new things about myself. I realized what I was putting priorities in certain things and I was not prioritizing other things, some stuff about my upbringing, I'm not kidding you, your inflections taught me about myself. I don't know if there's any higher honor you can give to a narrator than that. So <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that so much. Well, speaking of the 299, oh, well, what's your reaction to me telling you that you were too old and then being wrong?
2: Oh,
0: geez. I'm going to add some <laughs> color <laughs> facts to that okay. to that conversation. Okay. The part about being too old, um, you weren't wrong, <laughs> but I pointed out that the book was written Third person style, where it wasn't you speaking as narrator, even though they were your words, you had uh, you had a narrator written into your books. Uh, you, you, your character might have been in the book, but 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 you really weren't the narrator. And I pointed out to you that uh, really uh, the narrator should sound like anybody but you.
3: <laughs> Once again, Kevin Pierce is right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, that, that third person, the narrator, who's saying, now watch what he does now, um, you know, really needed to, to almost be distinct from um, you know, Grant's character in, in, the, in the book. Um, and, and then I'll also point out that I took the liberty, um, <laughs> and you obviously don't remember this, I took the liberty of choosing a different passage from the book than the other 200 plus narrators did. So you heard the same piece over and over and over and over and over and over again till you got to mine and mine was the introduction to the book
3: yes
2: so let me, uh, let me and, they, oh, go ahead.
0: and they were your words and your thoughts and that's where you began to hear how mm-hmm. this could really um, how this could really work so that was probably a big part of the uh, uh, the persuasion effort that you didn't realize. Uh, You were you were in the midst of um, I
3: was uh, I was pushing you to uh, to see things my way. You tricked me, Kevin Pierce.
2: So I'm gonna <laughs> so I'm gonna just for our reader our readers and our listeners for that matter to understand the process here because it's I think it's somewhat important for people. So when you're an author and you're going to start the process of getting someone to narrate mm-hmm. your books, you go through the Amazon back door to do that. And you have to choose a passage out of your book, like Kevin just said, that that people will audition with. And so when I chose mine to give you an idea. I chose a passage that had about four or five of my characters and it was emotional. So I could hear inflections and emotions,
3: male and female, male and female
2: voices, young and old. And um, if you've read my books, it's the it's a part where Julie is leaving and bugging out. She's listening to the radio. Of the president of the United States uh, giving a, a, a speech, the governor giving a speech, her son talking, and an emotional phone call with her dad. So I'm covering a lot. I wanted to hear how those voices were. So Kevin, yeah. in his wisdom, chose that. So, because I think that's genius.
3: Oh, yeah, it chose a different passage for me. <laughs> you had a female narrator for your right, books, exactly. and that's why Kevin was not considered, because Kevin, you're a man, I believe true okay you paused a little too long there
2: this is a weird world we live in right now we have to ask
3: you're not drinking a bud light right now are you anyway
2: i am
0: i am
3: most certainly not okay so what are uh some of your memories about narrating the 299 days book series and it was 10 years ago and we're going to give you i'm going to give you a little grace like you extended to me you may not remember all the details but maybe you do i'm not sure
0: Hey, it it beats selling insurance.
3: Yeah, (laughs) there we go. Great line from the book. I love it. (laughs) Uh,
0: it, It's a line that I use often to people who've not read the book and they don't seem to find the same joy in it that you do.
3: (laughs) So what are some memories about narrating the book series? If if you don't have any, that's A-OK. It was a while ago.
0: Well, and I, uh, you know, I'll go back to, to your comments about, you know, having, um, and I, I put the quotes around it, you know, Kevin Pierce calling you on the phone. I don't know that I was Kevin Pierce at that point. <laughs> um, uh, that, uh, you were among the, you know, certainly early books in the post-apocalyptic prepper fiction, uh, genre that I, that I did. Um, I felt it was going to be a really good match and I, I felt like maybe this was a, a direction that, that I wanted to go again 10, 10 years ago, um, and uh, so I felt it, it was important to make that uh, that link, and um, and I felt like I was calling Glenn Tate.
2: <laughs> I was just going to ask this. So, this was earlier you know, in I your. I think co- maybe
0: there was a little role, role reversal going on there. I, I felt like maybe I was overstepping my bounds <laughs> by by calling the author, uh, you know, as if as if I had some knowledge or, or anything that could uh, could make things better. Uh, we did talk about, um, uh, and I had fun with this, um, you were very concerned um, that the, could because it was 10 books all at once, we weren't going to do one at a time, we were doing 10 books. So it was a, a 10 book project, um, all, all to be released at the same time. And you were concerned that the uh, production timetable Yes, uh, I know that's a mundane uh, <laughs> part of the uh, part of the project, but you were very concerned about that, and I could tell uh, because you told me that you were very concerned about it, <laughs> which which let which let me know you were serious about it. Yeah. And I said, "Well, why don't we do this? Why don't I guarantee you that I will deliver you a book every two hundred ninety nine hours?"
3: I remember. Wow, that was stunning.
0: And you did. Which, which you can do roughly, what, 240 hours would be 10 days, so we're, you know, somewhere in the 12-14 day period. I knew that was something I was capable of, but I also felt it, uh, it uh, paid homage to the, uh, to, the, to the project. And then that we would uh, culminate uh, the delivery of these 10 books by releasing the series on the 299th day of the year.
3: Yes, See, you don't just get great narration with Kevin; you get marketing advice. I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but that—that was—it uh, it really was important to me to to get, you know, what I thought was, uh, and 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 I know I was right, uh, an important series in the genre because this was a place I wanted to, I wanted to spend some time, and uh, you know, look, looking back, it's where I've spent a, a decade now. Of 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 recording uh, uh, prepper fiction and and preparedness uh, books and and uh, post-apocalyptic science fiction is the the mouthful that it gets um, slated under, um, but this was a big part of uh, of getting there. So uh, thank you for for having me be a part of that. And that's those are those are some of my biggest memories. Not not of the content itself, but of the what did it take to get. Uh, to, to get it going, uh, to assure my involvement in it. Um, you know, what lies did I have to tell you and (laughs) what threats did I have to make?
2: Well, I love it because I know the 299 days book series was earlier in your, much earlier in your career. And you both, both of you had your synergy together. I hate that word because it's so, you know, corporate, but your synergy together really launched both of your success. Would you agree?
3: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a matchmaker. I think, uh,
0: Glenn. I think you said uh, uh, you had heard, um, and then we were It's funny. You're, you're, you 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 get to misremember my stories. I get to misremember <laughs> yours. All right. Um, my recollection is that you told me you had really only listened to um, a few audiobooks at that point, uh, One of them being uh, one of Mark Goodwin's books. Yes. And uh, just so happened that I had been the narrator on that. That was one even earlier uh, uh, book in the genre or series in the genre. And uh, for that to have been something that, uh, you know, influenced your decisions, uh, you know, again, it was it was kismet. It was uh, it was meant to be.
3: Well, and I and I called Mark Goodwin and I said, thinking about Kevin Pierce, and he could not stop talking positively about you. And that was a key. because... I pay him well. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, and, and Mark is 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 a great guy and, and a real. He's a pioneer in this genre. And uh, yep. have you have you done some of his later book series? I think you have.
0: Yes. Yes. Yep. And uh, and and again the uh, the the nuggets. You were asking about, about recollections of 299 days specifically, but I'm going to just give you memories of books that I've narrated. Yes, please when do. When it came hurricane time and we we're here, uh, you know, seeing, uh, you know, storms headed this way and and impending, um, uh, you know, impending natural disaster. But, but you know, specifically power outage, uh, food shortage, you know, gasoline inavailability. Um, the things I knew to get ready for and how to get ready for them. Uh, I couldn't necessarily tell you where I learned them, but boy, did I know a few things. <laughs> yes. And,
2: uh,
0: and, and I think I, I, I regularly surprised, uh, family and friends who we were, you know, uh, sharing home with during a, uh, an evacuation from a storm. And I'd say, you know, we need to, uh, we need to get uh, uh, buckets of water uh, in all the bathrooms so that when the power goes out and the pump stops running, uh, we've got, you know, the uh, ability to, to flush toilets. And everybody stopped what they were done. and looked at me and said, what, how do, what, what makes you – how do you know that? And, uh, and, and little things like that would just dribble out of my mind. <laughs> I'd say, well, I can't tell you how I know it. I just do. Let's get it done.
3: Yeah. Very good. Well, and that's one of the great things about prepper fiction. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up segment one here and going into segment two in just a moment. But one of the things that people love about prepper fiction is you actually learn stuff and, and you're motivated and you learn stuff. It's not just entertaining and it certainly is entertaining, but it, there's more to it than that. And I think that's true of, of all the book series we're going to talk about in segment two that you've narrated. They all are very, very useful. It's a good use of your time and your money.
2: So let us we're going to take our quick break here, but we're going to talk more with Kevin Pierce about maybe some other books like Mark Goodwin's or other prepper fiction novels you might want to listen to. On the other side of the break, folks, don't go away. We have so much more to talk about.
1: More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple-to-install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. In a tactical situation,
3: your AR is your life.
1: Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature,
3: the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted 8 patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S dot com.
1: Are you a prepper or homesteader
3: looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? looking to start your own preparedness group already have a group well look no further than PrepperNet PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility individual freedoms and being self-reliant PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area PrepperNet where preppers unite find us online at PrepperNet.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it. Make solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. Katie Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT
1: without water, you're done in three days. Pro One Water Filters It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF, ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One Stainless Gravity Systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One Water Filter Gravity Systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com That's P-R-O-O-N-E-U
3: You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed.
2: Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP.
3: Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0
2: website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
1: Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for rejoining us. We're just getting started with our conversation with Prepper Fiction Audiobook Narrator. Boy, that's a title. Kevin Pierce, to hear the full conversation, stick around for the after show, especially if you're... Well, you have to. You have to be a Patreon supporter. And Kevin has agreed to be the recipient of the lightning round where I will grill him with fast thinking questions with a little bit of humor. So,
3: believe it or not, the other day, I was in a gun store. I know that's shocking, (laughs) I know. And so I was in the gun store and I happened to have my Gibbs Arms pistol caliber carbine in the truck, I wasn't carrying it in that way. I just, it's a long story that doesn't matter here. And so I'm in the gun store, by the way, uh, for folks out there that are interested in 1894 Marlin CBSL lever action um, rifles in 4570, they used to be $3,000 and now they're $1,250. Just thought I'd mention that. And when you live in Montana and you have bears, You need a 4570, So that's why I was there. And so somebody said, hey, let me see that uh, Gibbs Arms pistol caliber carbine. And it's got the Cerakoting in desert night pattern. And it's got all kinds of cool features. It's got the left-handed side charger, which is innovative. I had the entire gun store captivated with that left-handed side charging. And I said to him, the one mistake Mikhail Kalashnikov made was putting the charging bolt on the right side instead of the left side. So, anyway, I highly recommend it. Gibbs Arms, G I B B Z Arms. And you can't go wrong. Go ahead and look into it. If you're like a lot of listeners, you've got several ARs, maybe you've got a couple AKs. It's time to branch out a little more. Consider Gibbs Arms. I think you're going to really like it. We do the archive dive where we look back at older episodes. Not Kevin Pierce kind of old, but just older episodes. Now, now, (laughs)
2: now, now, I'm going to stand up for Kevin here
3: and uh, we go, we go back and look at him. We, uh, we, we'd like to spotlight episode 53, which was called staying motivated. The two sides of the motivation coin. I'm not going to tell you what the two sides of the coin are. You need to go back and listen to episode 53, which is available at prepping2-0.com. You can use the little search button, the little magnifying glass in the upper right hand corner that Shelby loves so much and type in the number 53 and guess what will pop up? That was airing on November, 2019. Oh, the good old days.
2: The good old days. We want to continue talking to Kevin because this is just fun. I have to say, just sitting here, I remember the episode we did with the character of Scotty, the actual person that inspired Scotty in the 299 Days book series. We talked to him, gosh, it was like last September. And I just kind of sat back and watched the magic happen. And I'm feeling that today. So as I listen to Glenn Tate and I look at Glenn Tate, if you know what I mean. Yes. There you go. Because we
3: do this like sitting facing each other but
2: i'm hearing his voice in my head after i listened to the you know see
3: see he gets it
2: (laughs) yes so kevin i know what the answer is but i would love to hear your embellishment on this has the prepper genre grown in the last 10 years
0: i sure feel it has and i've been you know a beneficiary of it lots of people finding reason to write books about it and uh and then, of course, as we talked about, Amazon democratizing uh, the book business to some extent so that pretty much anybody with a good story and the ability to uh, get the words on paper or, or on a hard drive uh, could have a book. And uh, it turned out that there were an awful lot of people with an awful lot of stories. And uh, so definitely, I feel there's been a, uh, an explosion in the uh, genre.
3: And so besides the audible effect, I'll call it, the democratization effect, Why do you think the genre has grown so much? Do you think it's because a lot of people who never thought about having to be prepared for something now realize that they need to be prepared for things?
0: I certainly think that's part of it. And, you know, things are uh, influx and divisive. Is that a fair? uh, Yes, I uh, think that's a a (laughs) a good summary. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, that's certainly uh, a part of it. An aside, and I I don't mean to duck the question, but just something that, that occurs to me. I was working with a, a director in, in New York City who uh, is on the other side of the glass uh, when a narrator might be recording in a, a directed session. And uh, the director said, you "Don't know, keep, keep in mind these characters. The characters don't know they're in a genre novel. They're <laughs> people. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. And they act like people. They don't act a certain way because they're in a romance novel, or act a certain way because they're in a, a horror novel, or act a certain way because they're in a mystery." They're people. They act like people. And I think they're, you know, the good people stories, uh, no matter what genre uh, you uh, cast them into, uh, it's still about people. And it's still about people acting like people, behaving like people, and uh, uh, having the emotions that people have. And I think that's what draws us as readers and listeners into those stories is that they're people.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: Well put. I've made that point numerous times that one of the reasons I think 299 days was so popular is that on the surface, it's about preparedness and about political events and all of these sorts of things. But what it's really about is people and how people handle situations, which is always fascinating, and how people are unpredictable. People develop. There are good guys that start off as good guys and end up as either neutral or bad guys there are bad guys that, that end up being good guys and there's all kinds yep. of different people there's my son Cole who has autism and how that was portrayed beautifully by you I may add you completely captured the essence of Cole a teenager who speaks like a child basically and I thought that was masterful how you did that and very important to me that you did that right.
2: <laughs> What's crazy is Cole is in his mid twenties now. Exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. So wow. yeah. No, that's crazy. <laughs> he yeah. Grew up, I know. Yeah. And and Manda is twenty seven right now. Mm-hmm. So um. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? But you're so right about people because stories about just stuff like you need to have a water filter and me and my buddies who got kicked off of SEAL Team Six because we were so effective that the establishment couldn't <laughs> handle us because we're such badasses, and we we got in this one firefight. I mean, that to me isn't real. People are real, and you're so yep. right about characters. And I, I find it interesting. You've not, or you're not limited to just prepper fiction series. You've done all kinds of other book series of different genres, and for you to spot that common theme among good storytelling, being good characters. And so let's just get into that. We'll start off with the non-prepper fiction series and some of the things you've done with that. And then we're going to talk about what I think the listeners are, are here for, which is you telling them about other prepper novel uh, series that they might be interested in. So let's start off with non-prepper fiction. So
0: do, do you have a, a, you don't have to tell me what it is, and I ask for both of you, yeah, you, you ever have something you did right you didn't know you were doing right till later, and it turned out to be really right.
3: That would be my but marriage like, to like Shelby. You didn't
0: know at the time that it was the. Uh, you <laughs> didn't know at the time that it was the right thing. It just turned out to be the right thing. Yes. my marriage to um, Shelby. Yes. There you go. Uh, <laughs> nicely played, by the way. <laughs> you know, but, uh, Thank you. We us um, guys got to stick the, together. The whole prepper fiction genre for me, you know, didn't know it existed till I met Mark Goodwin, and then you. Uh, And then, you know, a host of other authors after that, the sort of rule of thumb or or best practice for people who do what I do is to not get pigeonholed, Mm. to be diverse in, uh, you know, your choice of books. So you do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and a little bit of that. And, you know, and you've got a career. And I had somebody ask me, how do you keep from getting pigeonholed? And I said, you know, I think you, you say it like it's a bad thing. (laughs) I think I think being pigeonholed is is maybe a a good thing if they're pigeonholing you for something they like. And I did instead of being all over the waterfront in in uh, the types of books that I did, I chose books that were similar in in, uh, in in one key way. And it was, you know, sticking with. A genre. I also, uh, and this was what you were asking. Um, I spent a lot of time in the uh, true crime genre, uh, true crime category of books, so books about, um, you know, murders or serial killers, or, or uh, they they interested me. Uh, completely different from the fiction that we're talking about, and, and I don't try to I don't try to draw any comparisons. Yeah. between Do two. Um, yeah, and any comparisons uh, or similarities are are, are, are unintentional. Uh, but I just I found them interesting, and, and that was uh, uh, that was what drew me into that very early. So I have spent a career uh, doing primarily uh, true crime. Uh, narrations and uh, prepper fiction preparedness and post-apocalyptic science fiction uh, almost exclusively. Uh, um, and, and it has, it has been a, uh, yeah, it, it, it turns out to have been a really good decision. I didn't know it at the time that it was going to be a really good decision, but uh, turns out, ter- turns out to have been.
3: Exactly. Well, tell us about some of the, the prepper fiction book series that you've done and a little bit about them and anything that stands out for a particular series because as I say this is a checklist for listeners listeners grab a pen and paper if you're old like me and apparently Kevin and and or uh take notes on your phone but not me no no of course not what do you think I'm dumb no not and uh and and you might want to take this down as a list so go ahead sir
0: yeah, and it's I really I really don't have a list in mind, and I know you 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 warned me you were going to ask me, and uh, I part of this decision that I just told you about to to do um, to do a lot of sort of find a lane and and stick to it, uh, so to do a lot of of prepper fiction, um, made it so that if you happened upon a book that I narrated, 299 Days, for example, um, a series that I narrated, um, and you went to Audible or your you know, choice of, of audiobook provider and said, you know, I liked that book. Um, maybe you say, I like the narrator. What else has he done? Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you like the book and you search my name, on Audible, there you go. you're going to find a whole bunch of other books that you're going to like, whole bunch of other books that you're going to like. And that turned out to be, as I say, it wasn't, I didn't think about the benefit of that going in, but here 10 years later, the benefit is exactly that. You, you, If, if you like the 299 Days series and you search for my name on Audible, you're going to find hundreds of other books that you're likely to like as i i i I, uh, let me say had i gone the other way and done the diverse narrations where i did romance one day mystery another day horror another day you'd say gee i like that 299 days book has that guy who narrated it has he done any other books and you go listen to one and say "Ooh, romance yeah Ooh, horror Ugh. so yeah. you, you you would find through through that kind of search um not what you wanted but through um through the decision that i made to be uh, very involved in this genre um i've curated a list <laughs> through my uh through my narrations of, of of books that somebody who likes that kind of book no matter where you enter when no matter what you heard first, um, you know, you might you might come to two hundred ninety nine days through me. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, which I welcome. And I, I
0: say that to make <laughs> you to make you think that that's occasionally possible. I think um, it is. It, and it, it really does happen that way. And, you know, I get a lot of credit for, you know, I, I, I'll have a, a listener say, you know, I, I, I search I search for your name to find books that I'm going to like. And I point out that it's not necessarily me that they liked; it's the the, the genre of book. Right. And so here here are all these all these other authors and all these other um, you know standalone books and series uh, that that have that prepper fiction um, uh, connection. And uh, if you like the one, you're likely to like you know dozens, if not hundreds, of others.
2: I so appreciate that, Kevin, because just I I think in the narrating world, people don't, I think the the powers that be, like what you just said, the people that were telling you to diversify don't realize that, like they look up author Glenn Tate or Shelby Gallagher, they're going to look for other books like that because mm-hmm. they like it. They're going to do the same thing with the narrator. So, good yep. example, um, don't try to go look up this genre, genre of book with my narrator. You're going to find some weird stuff. She's not a narr- she yep. she's not a narrator in this field. I hired her because she she had that voice that I wanted. So, it, and I think that's indicative. I think that's that situation is more normal. You definitely have created that niche. I'm going to use a big fancy word. I love the
3: French words.
2: I know. They sound so nice. And sound so you can swear at somebody and sound polite. I'm
3: international when I eat French toast, to quote the Beastie Boys. There you
2: go. So, So, I absolutely agree with you that you're unique that way. And I think so many people have learned that much more about Uh, just prepping in general because of that because yes if you look at your if you the reader listener out there look up Kevin Pierce you've got a great reading list right there
3: and I note in the show notes that we have a link to Kevin Pierce's audible page basically and uh, what I'm hearing Kevin I think this is correct is that there are so many series in the short amount of time we have it would take too long <laughs> to he, list he, he, or talk about it, it'd be them all be a
2: long list yeah. yeah
3: so i i would encourage yeah, I'd, people
2: i'd say the, the the
0: the the part that i will leave you with is if if you find an author that you like um unlike glenn tate who will never write another book
3: yes um, probably jab
0: true. jab jab yeah jab, i know jab, i know <laughs> um um if you find uh, an author in the genre um, and I'll, I'll I'll say like a Franklin Horton, or like a Steve Bird, or like a uh, 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 Tom Abrams, or Boyd Craven the Third, or y- y- you find one of these authors that you like, you're very likely to like more than one of their books, and they're they're prolific authors, unlike Glenn Tape. Yes. Jeff, jab 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 um and the uh so your ability to kind of follow through an author's list is uh it's amazing when you can you say oh i found this author i really like and he's written you know a dozen other books or two dozen other books um it's it's a it's a wonderful i know as a reader as a reader and a listener I, i i do both um when I find an author that I like and find out that there's more, um, who's the author of uh, the Longmire series?
3: Oh, name escapes me right now. Ooh,
0: I, don't know. I don't know, but um, the character
3: drinks Rainier beer like I do, so I think that you that's go. pretty but, but
0: cool. When I, and I, I came upon that author via audiobook, when I heard the first Longmire book and went to Audible to see if there were more, and there was like, you know, 20 of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, thank goodness. You know, this mm-hmm. is, I've, I've stumbled into a treasure trove. I will be busy with this author uh, and this series uh, for months to come. And what a happy feeling uh, that is. So, so definitely, um, you know, the, the good effect that comes from my questionable decision at the time yes. to, to uh, spend a lot of time in, in one genre uh, the good effect is uh, a, a search for my name turns up a lot of good books.
3: That is so true. I want to ask you the question because Shelby touched on it about narrators and, and all of that. Can just anyone be a narrator? And, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying this. I I was asked to read, it was about a two page, extremely <coughs> short story for a podcast. And I thought, oh, i I talk for a living. I mean, I'm a lawyer, a podcaster, a novel writer. I mean, of course, I communicate for a living. How hard can it be? Which is the famous line that Shelby hates when I say, because that's how this podcast started. <laughs> we were driving down the road and I said, podcast, how hard could it be? Well, we found out it's pretty it's hard. harder
2: than you think. Glenn. It's harder
3: than you think. But so <coughs> back to the story about this two page thing, after two hours and about 79 takes it was pretty apparent that I was terrible at this, even though you would think I would be good at it. And this was not an audiobook production. This was a short read for a podcast. And that really instilled in me the conclusion that being a narrator is way harder than it looks. So, I mean, how hard is this? And, and don't be modest. I mean, you're really good at this. I mean, can anyone do this? I, because I'd say, yeah. I'd
0: say that the, the two big paths, the, the, the way most people come to um, uh, a career or at least an attempt at a career in audiobook narration, um, broadcasting, whether it's TV or radio, uh, and theater, uh, whether it's movies, uh, you know, television, uh, um, stage. Um it definitely is a, it's an acting uh, job. Mm-hmm. And if you come from broadcasting, uh, as I did, uh, you've got to learn a little bit about acting. Because, um, you know, portraying the emotions of, of these people that we just talked about, regardless of what genre they're in, they're people. And, and the author has written them uh, uh, to have emotions. Or if, if the author didn't write them, it's a terrible book. <laughs> um, if you're enjoying it, it's because the author has, has found a way to, to demonstrate their emotions. And then the audiobook narrator has to uh, portray those emotions in a way that you know, gets them across to the ear. And um, so I say those, those are the two big paths are, are broadcasting and uh, um, uh, acting. Um, and I think the challenge for an awful lot of people is
3: it's a really long Kevin, your, your phone uh, is breaking up a little bit if you are. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you're in a weird place, you're probably in a bunker or something akin to that. <laughs> you may not want to be because radio waves being what they are, they don't like bunkers.
2: Okay. Step uh, out of the I, cement I, the, building. You,
0: the paths of, of broadcasting um, and and um, acting are, are the two most common ways in. And then for, uh, to realize that it's just, it's, it's long. I mean, you know, if you've if you've made a career reading thirty-second and sixty-second commercials, uh, and all of a sudden you're stepping into a book that's, uh, you know, six hundred minutes, uh, you know, that's twelve hundred thirty-second commercials. That might be more than you would record in, uh, you know, years, uh, and you've got to do that every week. So it's. I I don't want to say that it's hard. I think an awful lot of people find that it's uh, a lot different than what they expected.
3: Well, and tell us about some of the equipment you have and you have a home studio. Could you just do this uh, with a, with an iPhone leading question, objection leading?
0: Um, not, not really, uh, (laughs) but you know, you would be surprisingly close. I, I think the technology we carry in our pocket is freakishly, uh, wonderful. Um, yeah, a, a good microphone, uh, you know, leading into a computer is pretty much uh, the equipment uh, that's uh, that's required. Uh, far more important uh, for audiobooks as opposed to other types of voice recording, uh, the room that you're in. Um, yeah. This, you know, with the need for isolation. So you know, the 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 lawn mowing and the mm-hmm. Jets passing overhead and the the garbage trucks picking um, up—you know that 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 is kept out of your uh, recording space. uh, That's a big project Um, that requires some real special engineering, um, and you know you can you can get by with less. You can get by with um, you know an imperfect space, but that's the one that will it will bedevil you for you know, an entire career yeah. if you don't take the time to, uh, to do it right. And uh, I did it right from the beginning because I knew that was going to be important. So I have a, you know, I've got a little booth that's you know, not much bigger than a phone booth might be. And it probably weighs as much as your car <laughs> uh, because of the um, uh, density of materials that were used to try and make it soundproof. Um, so that I found that to be far more important than the microphone and the, uh, you know, audio equipment that that you might suspect is important. The uh, the space was more important.
2: That I, I, one of the things I was going to ask you is what you know. How do you need to get into? How do you get into the biz? And that's right there. Make sure you have good equipment. So so Kevin, we have about a minute left. Real quick, tell us what you're doing, what some of your upcoming projects are, if you can, and how people can find you if they want to see your projects.
0: Uh, how people can find me? Boy, that's a leading question, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe I don't want to be found, Shelby. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, true. Um,
3: Who's the stalker uh, now?
0: <laughs> there are there are many, many, many uh, uh, post-apocalyptic science fiction, prepper fiction uh, books in the pipeline. Uh, it's, a, it's a daunting list. As a matter of fact, when I look at it, it's it's like, oh my gosh, this is with without taking on any new work, uh, just finishing what I've uh, what I already have in the uh, queue. is uh, It's, it's going to take it's going to take a while, and uh, they, probably the easiest way to find me is is through uh, uh, the the Audible service, the Amazon service that does audiobooks, uh, and they've even made it uh, easier. You don't even have to type a a, a search. Uh, Parameter in uh, it's audible.com/slash, Kevin Pierce K-E-V-I-N-P-I-E-R-C-E no spaces uh, audible.com/slash Kevin Pierce, and it uh, it shows all the books that I've narrated and hundreds of them, in uh, the prepper fiction and post-apocalyptic science Wonderful. fiction
2: categories. So thank you, folks. We're going to take it right into the after show. So don't go away if you're a Patreon or join us over there. Folks, as you know, failing to prepare is preparing to fail from Benjamin Franklin. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Thanks. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com.